The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Welcome to the Miracle of Healing, where we come together every week to discuss and discover a roadmap to healing. I'm your host, Lisa Campion, and I hope you can join us since the world needs all the healing it can get. And we are healing the planet one person at a time right here on Mind, Body, Spirit FM. Hi there, I'm Lisa Campion and this is The Miracle of Healing. Today we're going to talk about our beliefs, how to move beyond our own beliefs and sort of looking at the blind spots that we have and really understanding how our beliefs can form a basis for our experience. So we have today a medicine person and spiritual teacher, Granddaughter Crow, and she's going to help us really discuss how ideas, how to get ourselves kind of maybe out of the dogmatic ideas that we've been taught that we might not even be aware are informing our experience of reality. So welcome to the show, Granddaughter Chrome. Super happy to have you here today. Oh, thank you so much. I am really delighted to be on this radio show. I have been looking forward to meeting you and your audience and, and being here. And absolutely, beliefs are going to be a hot topic today. <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited to talk about it too. And I just would love for you to introduce yourself a little more. I know that you have a doctorate in leadership. I know that you're internationally recognized as a medicine person and that you come through a really long line of spiritual leaders and are a member of the Navajo Nation. But what else can you tell us about yourself? Yeah, thank you. It's kind of like you got that in a nutshell. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, they. Uh, what I'll say is, Yat A, they call me Granddaughter Crow. Yat A is hello in Navajo. I am of the Navajo Nation as well as Dutch heritage. And I am really here to inspire, to encourage, and to empower individuals to be their authentic self. That is what my life is dedicated to. And a lot of finding their authenticity is through their belief system, because whatever it is that you believe, not even just religiously, your beliefs about yourself, your beliefs about your community, your beliefs about the world, your beliefs about spirituality, they constitute how you behave in the world. And so, yep, I'm Granddaughter Crow, and I'm delighted to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, I love that. You know, I love what you're saying about beliefs. And I think like most of us are just loaded up with a lot of unconscious beliefs. It's not really something that we um, examine a lot about ourselves, or maybe we have to come to a point in our spiritual development where we have to examine what we believe to make maybe better choices about what we believe. Absolutely. Absolutely. So to kind of sum it up, I mean, what people believe in not only constitutes their behavior, but it causes people to go to war 
Their belief systems are so strong that it may even cause a disconnect within bloodlines because somebody is outside Mm of said belief system, mothers and children, all of it. It's, it's very, very foundational. In fact, in my examination of the world and society and all of that, really, I found that belief and belief systems are probably the biggest foundational thing that we have in our life that constitutes how we're going to behave, react, come into the world, what we're going to say, etc. So there's a lot of really bad behavior in the world right now. <laughs> and, yes, I agree. you know, people behaving badly in all kinds of different ways. And maybe we can, if we want to change that bad behavior, we need to start examining our beliefs. So how do we do that? How do we start looking at what we believe? Absolutely. I think, you know, if we just kind of step into it slowly and think about what do you believe about yourself? We'll just take it one step at a time. Do you believe that you are authentic? Do you believe that you are worthy? Do you believe that you are lovable? What do you believe about yourself? And then think about, you know, journal it. And sometimes you may come into this, yeah, I have great personality, but I also believe these negative things about myself. And then look at those negative things and go, where did that come from? Where did that come from? You know, is it because I was an awkward, chubby 12-year-old with pimples? Or, you know, what? where is my belief system coming from? And then the reason, and I'll just kind of back up a little bit more and say, the idea that we are worthy, that we are allowed to be ourself, is actually an idea that is prominent within the natural world, animals, plants, all of that, seasons, weather patterns, they are, and they don't apologize. My cat does not apologize for being an independent cat, you know, but the human race tends to be the only organism on the face of this earth that I have found that has these weird belief systems that I have to explain myself. I'm not allowed to show my thorns, even though I'm a rose. I am not worthy. I'm not able to stand straight and tall, you know? And it's like, so if that be the case, If it is a human condition to believe negative things about yourself or that you're not good enough as you are, because let me tell you something, whatever it is that created you, whatever it is that created me, created us in a beautiful way. And we give honor to whatever that is, honor, gratitude, and love by being what it created us to be. And so when you look at those negative connotations, recognize that that's a human condition and think about where it came from and then readjust and go, but am I still that chubby, pimple-faced, awkward 12-year-old? Or did I turn into a beautiful, thinking, conscious, loving being that I'm still ever unfolding like a lotus? So it's kind of like stepping back a little bit and not necessarily 
going straight out and and conquering all of your belief systems, but kind of come in first and start with yourself and then start thinking about your belief systems on how you should be treated and how you treat others and why and kind of let it go out from there. Do you find that most of our beliefs just get installed in us from our parents, from the society that we live in, from the time that we're really, really little? We don't even know really what they are, right? Absolutely. I 100% agree with that, especially in the Western civilization. There is a book called The Master and His Emissary, and it's The Divided Brain, and it talks about the creation or the making of the Western society. So in Mm -hmm. short, we all know that we have a right and left hemisphere. We think to ourselves, what do they do? Well, the left hemisphere in our mind is very logical. It speaks language. It can count. And the right hemisphere of our brain is creative, intuitive. It thinks more like in pictures, but it doesn't necessarily speak our language, right? It speaks in other languages through poetry and music. And so what has happened is that... The individual who wrote this book, he said, okay, instead of saying, what do these do? What do these different hemispheres do? He said, let's look at how they approach the world. How do they react and interact with the world? And it comes to be that the right hemisphere approaches the world through the idea of connectivity, that you and I are one, that society, it understands paradigms. It understands, it's very empathetic. It's very lack of judgment as far as not being undiscerning, but it doesn't immediately put up a wall and say, this is true, this is not. It's very engaging. The left hemisphere, how it approaches the world is very like break it apart, analytical, and it always looks at the past and what it knows about the past in order to create the future. It's very um, planning oriented. Here's the deal. 75% of the Western society is left centric. It approaches the world based on what it learned about history or situations or lived experience. And then it projects that into the future. It is very judgmental. It's very compartmentalized. And it does not think in connectivity. Whereas the right hemisphere is very connected and very, very present. And so it is, if we are really like the the Western society is really pushed to be that logical, I need to explain myself type of being, then it's like 75% of us are like that. Very, very little of us, the people like you probably have more of a right centric, the connectivity. Mm -hmm. And I'll kind of say it, it's like this. It's like, so if I'm looking at my hand, my Left hemisphere will say, this is my hand. My right hemisphere will say, this is me. That's the difference. Mm, So to answer your question, yeah, to answer your question, yes, because this society 
is really driven to accentuate the left hemisphere, which is judgmental. It doesn't, it's not necessarily intuitive. It just learns and is programmed and it projects from there. And so, yeah, we have been taught a lot, not just by our parents, but by society and the way that the Western civilization thinks and prioritizes. Right. It's sort of, if you're in that if you're in that left brain side, you're going to be prioritizing like or seeing like us against them, me against you, sort of like in a polarized view. And maybe and and the right side is going to be more inclusive, like we're all together, we're all in this together. And right there, there's two really powerful be- different beliefs that are going to inform our behavior in two pretty radically different ways. Perfect. You sum that up perfectly. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. So interesting. So as we like filter through like our personal beliefs, do we then have to change, like really examine how we think about other people as well? You know, it's almost a byproduct that it happens when we start realizing that we are lovable, that we are worth respect and respecting ourselves and self-expression and really accepting ourselves. it almost organically starts you start perceiving other people in, oh gosh, they are lovable. I want to get to know them. I will respect them because I respect myself. So it's almost, it almost is kind of like know thyself and you know the universe, you know, how you treat yourself is the way that you're going to treat other people. Mm. Yeah. That's, I love that. Thank you for bringing that up. It seems to me like this is a, a tough issue for a lot of people because we get very dug in with our beliefs. And some people get very angry or offended or upset when we begin to question our beliefs or we ask them to question their beliefs because it seems like it's sort of the bedrock of who how we identify ourselves in a lot of ways. So do you find people get like upset or agitated when you ask them to question their beliefs? Usually people who don't want to question their beliefs never discover Granddaughter Crow. <laughs> so I literally <laughs> am surrounded by people who are seeking that wisdom and seeking that medicine. If I walk into a room, you can tell that I'm native, collective, you know, I've got this conscious energy. And if that isn't what you're looking for, you're going to walk out of that room. So I I have not been in a conversation where somebody is feels challenged, but I can tell mm-hmm. you that you summarized it. It is the bedrock. Beliefs are the bedrock yeah. of a, who we are. People are willing to die for their beliefs, you know, yeah. or kill other people yeah. for their beliefs. So I just, I just feel like, you know, maybe it's those people that are on that leading edge of spiritual growth or like, you know, evolution that are willing to look at that issue. And, and I was just thinking over my own life and thinking, I know some people that would not be open to the conversation we're having right now because they feel they would feel so threatened if we even asked them to start questioning their beliefs. Absolutely. Like you said, the beliefs are the bedrock to your identity, how you perceive yourself in the world. And, you know, so it might be really difficult to have somebody go, oh, I need to question my identity. Hmm, that's a hard one. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm loving this conversation, but let's take a really quick break. Mm-hmm. 
Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. So we are here with Granddaughter Crow, and we are talking about a beautiful book that she wrote called "Being Belief, Being, and Beyond, and how beliefs really inform who we are in a powerful way. So I know you talk in your book about blind spots that we have in our belief system. So what's a blind spot in our belief and what do we do about it? I absolutely love the fact that you brought that up because this would be, it it brings us even deeper into this conversation. So blind spots, everyone has them. Don't be ashamed that you have them. Just admit that you have them. The people who do not admit that they have, that they're like, I don't have any blind spots. Eh you know, you're not going to grow from that position. So let me kind of say that a blind spot, let's just take it in a practical manner. A blind spot isn't like this dark hole in your vision where you're just like, oh, there's a blind spot. No, our mind will fill in the blind spots with itself. So we don't recognize, we think we see everything. So a practical way to explore this topic is this idea that my husband, he used to ride a motorcycle. When he was learning how to ride a motorcycle in motorcycle school or whatever they call it, they (laughs) said to him, you need to really be careful because people in cars have blind spots. Now, if you think about it, Mm -hmm. yes, We know we have a blind spot, so we turn and look over our right shoulder and or left shoulder or whatever, and we say to ourselves, is there another car? And if we don't see a car, we change lanes. We didn't ask ourselves, is there another vehicle to include motorcycles? Right. And so 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 we have a blind spot around seeing motorcycles, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, there was even I remember um, in Colorado down across I-25 that have these signs, watch for motorcycles to remind us that we're not only looking for cars, we're also looking for any moving thing. And that helped us. So a lot of times we have these blind spots in our life and we don't necessarily know what we don't know. And so it's almost like how I would say to address the blind spot is to Approach the world with curiosity to allow it to show you what is actually there versus what you are filling in. Hmm, So cool. I was thinking of that traveling, exposing myself to different languages and cultures has revealed a lot of blind spots to me, right? So when we get in with a group of people that think differently or live differently, sometimes we, the blind spots show up. At least that's what's happened for me. Absolutely. That's a perfect example. And so if we approach yeah. other people and ourselves, and just kind of get to know them from their position, not just what you hear them saying and what you see them doing, but the deeper conversation is why 
do they do what they do? What meaning does it bring to them? That's when you truly get to know another culture, except and yourself. Why the meaning behind what it is that you're doing leads you to the belief system around it. Right. So blind spots are really like maybe un like kind of stuck, hard coded beliefs that we have that we don't know we have. Yeah. Until we have something that can reflect that blind spot to us. Yeah. Whether it's our, you know, interactions with other people or interactions with ourselves. Yeah. It's like, I, yes, I am a teacher, but for me, I am a curious student of life. So I will always learn. And I think that that's how you can approach. I mean, I have blind spots. There are things that I am filling in with assumptions or biases, which is as long as I recognize that that's what I'm doing, then when I approach a new situation, I can truly listen more like your right hemisphere that is showing connectivity mm. and empathy and being present. Yeah, I feel like there's sort of an attitude shift we can have, which would be like a belief shift that we can have that's where you're, if you're curious, if you're open to seeing blind spots, if you're open to exploring new ways of thinking about the world, if you're maybe not so judgmental and hard with yourself, if you find some, kind of these stuck, crusty beliefs that we didn't know we had, then everything that's going on is kind of an opportunity to examine our beliefs. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that you're right. It is about the approach, how we are approaching. So if you are hungry or tired or under the weather, give yourself some downtime. Don't go out and try and learn new things at that time because you're not going to have that energy. You know, just take care of yourself. But when you are well rested, hydrated, you know, a little meditation in the morning, a little <laughs> journaling, and you feel open to yourself, open up the way that you want to, because curiosity, open up to the things that you are curious about. I believe that curiosity is the internal compass to lead us to our authenticity. That's packed. Mm. So let me say it again. Our curiosity is our internal compass that leads us to our authenticity, almost instilled there by the creator. So I'm curious about certain things. And when I learn about them, I'm actually finding more of my authenticity and re it reflects who I am. So it seems like curiosity is like a place where our intuition really opens. So I love that. Yeah. Like maybe curiosity is one of those like signposts along the way that our intuition is giving us. I love that. Well said. Well said. Super cool. So I know in your book you have sort of prompts, exercises, journal prompts that help people unpack some of the things we're talking about. Can you share a little bit more about those? Absolutely. So at the end, if you pick up the book, Belief Being and Beyond by Granddaughter Crow, it basically is this, you know, your journey to deconstructing ideas to, you know, examining your concepts and thinking about your concepts and healing from harmful belief systems. And so it's kind of a workbook. And in mm -hmm. that, I would highly recommend you pick up a journal or a notebook that complements this book, because at the end of each chapter, I do journal prompts 
that you, will lead you to your own self-discovery. So it is absolutely a working book where I am not going to tell you, you should believe this, you should believe that. I am merely here to kind of stir or awaken some um, different parts of you that want to be awakened because that's up to us. Our consciousness will go, oh, that needs to be awakened in me. And different things come up for different people. And so then the journal prompts and the questions, or I'll ask you, describe the sunshine and the morning, describe the sunshine at noon, describe the sunshine in the evening, and examine what it is that you're looking at. And it leads you to a whole wonderful self-exploration, like, wow. And it's great if for couples to do this, for book clubs to do this. So the journal prompts are where I engage the reader. I don't talk at people. I like to talk with people. Mm, that's beautiful. I love that. What a great idea for a book club. I think that would be yeah. so beautiful. Yeah, because yeah. you could really get with a group and really explore what we believe, like what comes up around our unconscious beliefs and, you know, sort through them so we can really choose what beliefs we're going to hold on to and maybe level up our beliefs, yeah. you know. And I think that we kind of need to do this as a as society. Like what if we believe that everyone could live on the planet in harmony, that if we believe that there was enough resources to support everyone's well-being or we believe yeah. that we can find creative ways to solve all the problems that we're all dealing with as a species, as humanity. Like yeah. that's a whole different, you know, that would be really open up things yeah. in a different way. Oh yeah. Then your, your approach to the current situation is going to be a lot different than if you believe that uh, the opposite of what you just said. And just to let you know, as a gift to your listeners if you take this idea of getting a bunch of journals and buying uh, the belief being and beyond and introducing it to your book club and you walk through the book, maybe one chapter a week or however you do it, you can email me. My website is www.granddaughtercrow.com and I would be more than happy to spend an hour with you and your book club via Zoom to answer any questions and to engage with you. Absolutely free of charge. Wow, Granddaughter Crow, that's such an incredibly generous offer. And I know some book clubs that I hope are listening right now and will take you up on that because um, that's a beautiful and generous offer. Thank you so much for offering that. Absolutely. So how can people reach you and find your book? Absolutely. So just remember Granddaughter Crow. And so I'm at www.granddaughtercrow.com. My books are up there, um, classes that I teach and one-on-one and -on -one sessions. And you can slide me into Amazon, Granddaughter Crow. You'll find I have uh, three books currently. I'm working on my next book, the Journey of the Soul, The Path of a Medicine Woman, The Wisdom of the Natural World, Spiritual and Practical Teachings from Plants, Animals, and Mother Earth, and the most recent Belief, Being, and Beyond. These are the first three. So as long as you remember Granddaughter Crow, then you'll find me.
you will find mm-hmm. me. And then at the bottom of my website gives my uh, email address for the book clubs or anybody else who has questions. That's so beautiful. Thank you, Granddaughter Crow, for all your amazing work and for being with us today. Oh, thank you, Lisa, for putting on this radio show to reach a large audience of wonderful, wonderful people that are here to learn, share, and grow together. So thank you. And thanks for all of you guys who are listening. I know that you're hanging on every word we're saying, so just hit that subscribe button so that you won't miss a single one of the episodes that we do here. And I want to thank granddaughter crow for being here and thank all of you for tuning in where we are healing the planet one person at a time right here on mind body spirit fm Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify. Spotify.